season Jeff and Scott and Mrs. C. With Blanche and John, the crew, a new movie. It's so much fun that you'll have to pee. It's gonna cure your apathy and ennui. It's the Slumgullion. We're still booking ghosts on the Slumgullion. You're not getting ghosts on the Slumgullion. And welcome to the Slumgullion. We've got an old friend here today to talk about an old friend, actually. (laughs) Mary is joining us to talk about the new Who. It's the new Who review coming right at you. you. It's it's literally that. That's exactly what it is. It's an amazing thing. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't (laughs) overpromise. It might just be okay. There's no animals talking or singing, but uh, maybe there will be. I don't know. There's kind of a little bit of that uh, later in the show where we're going to talk about Venom. Uh, he talks and sings? He talks. He doesn't He doesn't sing. You know what? If he had sung, I would be giving this thing five stars, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> but that is for part two. For part one, let's not get sidetracked. Now, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to jump in here real fast. Um, and for those of you who were bitching back when Jodie Whittaker was announced, going, oh, my God, the doctor can't be a woman. They were talking about making the doctor a woman way back after Tom Baker left. Yeah, oh. well, that was Romana. Uh, there you go. So, I mean, it was well, it was well, it's been well established that they thought, how are we going to replace Tom Baker? Let's do something different. And, of course, okay. the network said no. So it's been... A good however many years it's been since he left. 30 years. But it's taken 30 years. But finally, the doctor has become a woman and played by (laughs) Jodie Whittaker. It just sounded like we were at her bat mitzvah. Exactly. I gave her her $10,000 and a nice little necklace. No, I gave her her that earring cup that she wears. Ah. (laughs) And um, we have have a new showrunner, Moffat is Gone, Chris Chibnall. How you feel about his writing during the uh, Moffat and Davies era, that's debatable, but Chibnall is running. We have an entire new crew. We have a new composer. It's a new freaking everything. What do you guys think of the pilot episode, The Woman Who Fell to Earth? I loved it. I thought she just went out of the gate running. She was the doctor from the moment she came on on scene. It was like, there was none of this crazy, "Uh, who am I? What am I? There was some of that. There was a little bit, but not a lot. She had a purpose. I did like that. There wasn't. They they did do a, a, a little twist on it, but um, I didn't like the fact that she didn't she didn't know she was a woman. Apparently, that's a really well fitting bra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I my two favorite jokes so far, and I'm kind of bouncing back and between the first two episodes. Um, in The Woman Who Fell to Earth, I absolutely loved it. A half hour ago, I was a white-haired Scotsman. And um, in <laughs> in the second episode, best line of the whole show for me, which we'll talk to later, come to daddy. I mean, mommy. Yes. I yes. That. Now, granted, the speech at the end of Woman Who Fell to Earth may have been a little too on the nose for some people, but I kind of thought it kind of needed to be there. You know, I'm usually really hard on stuff like that, but it, it was necessary to sort of take a stand and, and be declarative about this new era. Um, Establish who she is, and, why she does that, what she does. Right, and that she's just not somebody, not not just another woman uh, acting like David Tennant and dressing like Robin Williams 
Uh, <laughs> I thought the same damn thing. In the Morgan Mindy era. totally David Tennant. I mean, is that a bad thing? I don't know yet. Let's uh, that that's going to be one of the at least as of right now. It's going to be interesting. Like with all the doctors, their first series, you know, they kind of like formulate the character. I'm going to be very interested to see what she's like at the end of this series. I thought it was a huge relief. I I, I frankly was not a, f- a fan of Capaldi. I love him as an actor, but he was tiresome. He was tiresome. He was all right. Exhausting. Well, he's crabby. And he never really went much beyond for me, uh, tiresome and crabby. Um, okay, I'm gonna de- I'm gonna defend Capaldi here for a second. All right. Okay, I'm gonna defend Capaldi. I absolutely adored Capaldi because he was tiresome and crabby. I lo- it was nice to, for me to see an old grumpy, go- almost going back to the Hartnell era doctor. I enjoyed, yeah, especially like after. Three doctors of young, goofy, fun. It was a very big, it was a drastic change from the from the previous Doctors of New Who. And I did enjoy that. I think the problem with Capaldi's run was the writing. Mm. You're not alone in that. A lot of people feel I that don't, way. And I would actually say Capaldi's uh, doctor was a combination of Hartnell's and Pertwee's. I would agree with that because you had the grumpiness of Hart, of Hartnell, but he was also very much a jumping in kind of adventurer mm-hmm. after he got over the initial what the who who am I kind of thing. So that that's actually yeah, that, a very good analogy there. The first episode of Capaldi's, I did not like him. I was like was running around in a nightgown, and, but with Whitaker, I was on board from first minute. I think the thing that that really got to me about um, Woman Who Fell to Earth, and actually to a degree the the oh, the Ghost Monument, that's what it was called, um, is the writing. I love the characters in this now. Mm-hmm. Especially all the companions. I even like Grumpy. I can't even think of the kid's name. The grandson. Oh, uh, the the one with the uh, uh, neurological problem. Yes, yes. I mean, he. It's. It's. I. I like everybody, and that's been rare for me. Even. Even going back to classic Who, it's rare that I like all of like the like, supporting characters. Or there have been some companions over the years that I just flat out not liked at all. Right. I was. But, sure. <laughs> oh, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about the older companion. My favorite old... new character on the show. Yes. Well, don't, don't Graham is awesome. Don't get don't get too attached. He's going to die obviously. Stop it. He's going to die, I'm telling you. Why? They're setting it up. He's an old guy. He's as soon as he as soon as he works out his relationship with his step-grandson, he's going to croak it. He's never going to see Earth again. God damn it. I Scott's probably right, but I'm going to keep some optimism because even he's become he's already becoming a favorite amongst the fans after two episodes. If he gets a uh, fan armor, then forget it. Yeah, he. Oh, he's, no, he's getting the fan armor because I mean, so far I've watched a, I've been watching a lot of reviews on the YouTubes of these first two episodes mm-hmm. and all anybody is talking about. Acting wise, uh, character wise, is either Jody or Graham. The other two wow. people are debating about which is the dead weight of the three companions, either Yaz or the grandson. And me personally, so far in the first two episodes, Yaz, um, Yaz seems to be the one who's being used the least. Mm. 
They haven't given her anything to do. And at least the grandson has the relationship with the old guy to work out. So mm. well, and that's one thing that I kind of like because it harkens back again, William Hartnell, who the first Doctor Who and he, he his one of his companions was his granddaughter. Oh, and real fast to all the people. And I've also been seeing people who were complaining that three companions is too much. Fuck you. First doctor had three. Eat a dick. <laughs> That's part of the reason I think he's going to, one of them is going to snuff it. I would be perfect. I hate Because I feel like they brought a spare. I, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I hate saying it, but honestly, out of the three, I'd rather Yaz kind of go because I really like the relationship between the granddad and the grandson. I do. I like their relationship. I think it would be interesting to see them and Jody travel or even just Graham and Jody. Let's just do Graham and the doctor together. That would be like the best. Oh, right. And the companion is a switcheroo. The the companion is a grumpy old white guy. (laughs) That would be awesome. I kind of like that. Except I'm uh, going on to Graham. The moment in, in the invisible monument when he's like, your your mom would have loved it. Your grandma, she would have loved this. I mean, come on, we're an alien planet. I'm like, okay, considering the way he was in episode one, he's, growing this is so cool yep he's like actually kind of getting into it because he was he was one of those bored guys who didn't want to retire he he was a bus driver he loved it and Mm -hmm. you know got to see the city and then he got cancer and they they retired him and now he's on an alien planet so screw you (laughs) municipal bus line exactly Okay. Um, another another question I want to ask you guys um, uh, 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 about the pilot. And you kind of answered this, Mrs. C. And when, uh, um, Scott, I'll, I'll specifically ask you this: Did did you were you into Jody immediately, or did it take you a little bit of time? I can't understand a frigging word she's saying. What? She, Are you watching it with subtitles? No, and I guess I have to. This is the first Doctor where. Every doctor has always had that crisp British drama school diction that well, even, she is even very when they're country. I well, <laughs> I would like her to leave the accent in the country. And then I she, like she can that accent. And they've all got it. I mean at least she's Hey she's Scott, Scott, I will say this. You are officially the grumpy McGrump nuts of this discussion. All right, that's fine. <laughs> it's my turn. But it's and the the, the cast, the supporting you, you cast are the weakest look. Goodbye. Oh, be nice. (laughs) The supporting cast is just unintelligible to me. And I know that that's not a a universal problem. So it's exhausting to watch this show because I really have to listen carefully. And then, of course, that's added on to the usual problem you have in a science fiction show where anything that may come out of anyone's mouth at any time may be just made up babble that makes no sense, even if you understand them. So I liked her. But you know what? The when you mentioned the writing, I thought it was weak in the woman who fell to earth, because as a science fiction plot, it was just so covered in plot rust. It's like, oh, well, you've got an alien hunter, and they're coming. It's like, oh, so, wait, I just saw Predator. We talked about this a couple shows ago. Why am I okay. watching this again? But isn't that kind of? I mean, one of the things with first. Episodes of show, new shows, and I'm sorry, the Doctor Who is always a new show every season. Yeah. That they have to they have to establish the characters, and that's clunky. 
Yes, you're absolutely never, right. And never fun. <clears throat> you're right. Now, you're, okay, I'm going to be I'm going to be the, the the lone wolf on this one and tell you why I actually in, really liked really enjoyed it and I didn't even mind the plot and here's why. Um usually, I mean, look and I'm going to use as an example the 11th hour, okay? The 11th hour world-shattering consequences, you know I mean? The world is in danger from the Atraxi. I really liked the fact that this was a much smaller story. It was about saving one person. I liked that. As much as I, I, again, I loved the 11th hour. It was a great introduction to Matt Smith. But what I liked about this one was it was just about saving one guy. I like the fact that I did. I enjoyed the fact that the uh, the stakes were very small, but also very important. And for me, though, what really did it, and I agree with you, the plot was very predator. But again, I didn't mind that because after considering it's usually about saving plants or saving whole species, just going after one guy, it kind of had, I hate using this as an example, but because this was a horrible film. But, you know, to quote the line from um, Justice League, just save one. Oh, I really liked that. Like she saved one person. Now she's going to go on and do the big things that I thought was kind of cool. What I liked about the writing was the fact that the supporting characters were made instantly likable. I loved all those people immediately. That whole opening scene with um, with with Graham and Gran and I. I can't think I hate the fact that I can't remember his name. That whole bike riding scene at the beginning. I just adored that. Mm. Then he finds uh, Barbara Eden's bottle from I Dream of Genius. <laughs> I thought the same <laughs> damn thing. The first time I saw it, I even went, do 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 So did Mary. Um, <laughs> you, you know what? You you make you make a good point. And one thing that, that is enduring about Doctor Who is the doctor's unwillingness to split moral hairs. There's no difference to him or now her between saving planet or saving an individual. That's one of the things I like about it. However, the fact that it was just this one guy made it seem seem like we were watching the 13th Doctor walk through the Doctor Who tutorial. You just oh. now you just save one person here. Now, all right, now you're ready to level up. Now you can save two or now three you or four. Now go to, to Paragon. <laughs> Right now, you go to your first alien planet. Ding! I'm fine with that, though. I'm fine with it too. I like the writing. I get your point. I do get the point. I really do. But like I said, I just I liked the characters, and you know how I am. Give me characters I like, and I'll forgive anything. And I really did like all. Like I said, all of the supporting characters. I was perfectly happy enjoying them before even the doctor showed up. And then once she fell through that hole, as soon as she started talking, I'm like. Okay, I am completely on board. I am com- yeah. I she was the I liked her immediately, but the moment for me where she really became the doctor wasn't even the line when she said, "I know who I am." No, there were two moments that totally made her the doctor for me, where I'm like, "Okay, I am totally on board with this." One, her making the sonic screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which I hope that she is a tinkerer. I want to see her build shit now. I loved that. I'm like, that's something we haven't seen before. Go with that. I agree. Let's I agree see her that. building shit. That could be really interesting. And then two, the way she described regeneration. Oh, yeah. How did she describe it? I can't remember. Uh, thank you. I, w- I, w- I want to remember that, too. 
Oh, okay, yeah. She was talking about how it's constantly painful. Every atom on her is is basically in pain. But she was so cool about it because she was so interested in what was going on. Then she had the line, you know you're going to die, and then the next instant you're reborn. And just that, that speech that she gave, it was just, I was like, okay, slightly different take, slightly calmer take. Um, I liked it. Okay, and then I, I can't, I'm not going to lie, when she finally did the I know who I am now, I'm the doctor, as soon as she said I'm the doctor, I went, yes, yes you are, which I knew she was going to be anyway, because like I said, I love Jodie Whittaker, I was obsessed with Broadchurch for a while, I just adore her, when I saw the casting video, I was like, holy shit, that's going to be awesome, so I mean, I knew she was going to be good, but then at the end of Woman Who Fell to Earth, <laughs> I love the double entendre and the title, kind of sad like at the end of it i was like so who actually was the woman who fell to earth the doctor or gran oh but um but like i said i i just i adore i i i've adored jody whitaker for a while so i was just totally on board and jumping ahead a little bit there was a lot of cool stuff in i thought in ghost monument but the one question i want to ask you guys is what do you think of the new tardis i hate it really oh it's ugly as crap inside it's not so cool from what i remember it's very straw-like. I mean, it's nice that they added a foyer, I guess. <laughs> it's it's England, so probably a mudroom will come in handy. <laughs> but uh, no, it's just, it, it did. Why, did you like it? I, I, I. I can't say that I went, you know, like, this is the most amazing set ever. But, yeah, I did. I like the colors. Um, there were little things. And I'm sorry, the foot pedal that distributes candy or the, the, the custard creams. I'm like, okay, that's just cute. Doesn't that seem like, oh, they're trying to get the, the jelly babies? Oh, yeah, possible. And, okay. I mean, come on. They, they, they even brought back the Venusian Aikido. As soon as she, she pulled that move and he said, what was that? I was waiting for it. Okay, please be. Please be Venusian Karate or Venusian Aikido. Please be. Yep, there it was. So I have to admit, there's a certain amount of fan service to which I am highly susceptible. It was also lacking in mystery. I mean, the, the fact that you, that you knew what the ghost monument was the instant they mentioned it. Well yeah. before she figures it out in the show. That always irritates me. When I figure out something before the doctor does, I don't like that. Okay, I, I, as soon as I knew what the title was, I knew what it was going to be. So, I mean, I hadn't even, I saw the title and I went, okay, I know where we're going now. It's going to be, because some people were sitting there, where some people were saying on the YouTubes that um, finding the TARDIS could be like the arc for the season. And as soon as I second a second episode, I'm like, no, no, they're going to get it back in episode two. Okay, that's cool. But yeah. the, the look on her face, though, when they first showed the hologram. That sold it for me, even though I knew it. Her look of recognition, that just look of pure, there's my baby. <laughs> I was like, okay, you're, you sold it for me. Yeah. I agree. I, I, I believe that moment. And I had heard people say, oh, well, maybe that'll be, maybe it'll be the hunt for the TARDIS. And that'll be interesting. And the doctor won't have all of her usual tools at her command. And she'll have to. Check out Mike. So, well, I, well, first of all, I thought they're never going to do that because they've already changed one big thing that upset a bunch of idiots. Uh, they they change the doctor's gender. They're they're not going to then have the gender flipped doctor without a TARDIS. That's just too much change for some people. Also, she kind of had to get it back right away because the first thing the doctor does after turning into a woman is fall out of the TARDIS. It's like <laughs> when I saw that, I go, "Wait, what? So it's a woman driver joke?" 
I kind of hope they explain why she was dumped from the TARDIS and that it's more than just a, a woman driver joke, but I have a feeling you're right on that, Scott. Yeah, I don't think they. I don't think they're going to go back to that. They're, that's. I have a feeling that's radioactive. They're never going to touch it again. Yeah, and uh, I don't think it's a driver joke. I think it's. I've just been reborn. I don't have all remember things that nobody I else do. fell out of it. None of the other what numbers. What about Cap- Capaldi? I don't remember him coming out of it. He was suddenly all crazy, running in the streets of Scotland. Well, that's that's just a typical day in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, what else is new? <laughs> yeah. And and the other thing was that this again, I, I thought the writing was better because there were a few places where I was not ahead of the story, but right. damn few. And again, the plot, it's a race. They it was very really, 80s movies like, right? Yeah, 80s they were yeah. movies. Yes, exactly. And I was like, okay, well if this is the the writer Showrunner, if he's showing off his literary and the sci-fi influences that that grabbed him as a kid, okay, fine. But they're really leaning on on some very familiar plot devices here. So I'm kind of hoping that there's it gets a little bit freakier. But maybe maybe that's also deliberate. Maybe they are at the same time they're giving us a woman doctor, which is as much as I think we all loved her in the very beginning, is apparently still hard for some people from what I'm seeing on Twitter and elsewhere. Yeah. They, maybe at the same time, they are spoon feeding those, the rage dicks, a little comfort plot food. It's like, that's how I took it, honestly. That's what I'm thinking they're doing. They know that they're they've pissed off the, 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 the rage dicks. So it's like, here, we'll ease you into what we want to do. Right. Because if they just here got. Is, here is a. Uh... Marathon Runner or whatever that Arnold Schwarzenegger thing was. Running oh, man. Running Man. Running Man. Here's Running Man. And I have to admit, I did kind of like at the end when um, in that episode with the with the hologram guy, like, can you um, will you let that? Will you take them with? Will you take them off the planet? No. Boom. And that was kind of yeah. funny. That was. I, I did enjoy that. Yeah. And I even didn't mind. I know some of the rage dicks will can't are complaining, and I can see why. That I think his name's Ryan. Is that his name? Ryan. Yes. Ryan's Call of Duty moments when he's running, screaming with the gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I actually I think I blocked that out of my memory. Well, I liked it just for the doctor's reaction. Now, do you know why I don't like guns? You're not going to let up on this, are you? No, I'm not. <laughs> I need to rewatch I, it. I think <laughs> it, that moment was worth it. A just to see again. It was just for again the doctor's response to it, and also I'm for for a. For a show, now I'm going to be a little, um, now I'm going to th- uh, put up the things that kind of annoyed me. And it's a little minor thing, and I'm, I'm not that concerned because I'm intrigued. But they said there were not going to be overarching storylines in this season. And we already know we're going to see the return of uh, Tim Shaw's group, or Rick Shaw's, yeah, Tim Shaw's um, species. Oh, we do? I didn't know. Oh, that. come on. They mentioned him again in the second episode. Oh, right. Right. So they're going to show back up. And then we have the timeless child. I don't know. You know, no, neither does the doctor. Remember when 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 the uh, when the giant floating scarves were going around, they were inside her head and they mentioned, oh, even she did the timeless child. Even she doesn't know. (laughs) And I'm like, 
Okay, guys, you mentioned no arcs. Now, are you building arcs? I wonder if the timeless child is the child of River Song and the Doctor. I hope not. God, I hope not. Don't please don't get into that. I mean, here's here's my sole concern. Let me just dump it in your laps, my friends, and you can console me. The one thing I liked about Capaldi was that because I don't know because of his age or because he was he would rather be grumpy than get off. Uh, they dialed the sex appeal and the sexy banter way back. And that was kind of relief after the last couple of, of uh, Agreed. delectable Doctor. doctors, just just uh, tasty man flesh that so many of my, my lady friends just wanted to gobble right up. Uh, yep. So it's like, all right, well, that's fine. But that's not why I come to Doctor Who. Not that I mind it. Not that I mind if people get that out of it, too. You absolutely cram as many... Uh, appealing things into a show as you possibly can but it's just i got kind of tired of it and now they brought her on and i'm thinking all right is is there going to be sexual byplay with any of the companions and it just seems like because because ryan because ryan and yaz knew each other at school they have a pre-existing relationship graham and ryan are related if not by blood so I'm thinking maybe there's not going to be a bunch of flirtatiousness, which kind of comes as a relief. Although at the same time, it feels like a little bit like a cheat. Okay, if you're going to go with a woman doctor, you kind of got to do. A, it seems like you got to do a little bit of the same stuff you did when you were objectifying the male doctors. Mm-hmm. This is all I'm going to say about with 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 this. If along the same lines of you're saying, I know it's not going to happen, but sweet prom fuck, I want to see River Song again. Yes, I, I want River great. Song to meet this doctor. Oh, absolutely! I think I think and a lot of people recognize immediately, immediately who this doctor is. Like, exactly, what? no confusion there. She knows immediately that this is her husband. <laughs> and I don't think it's going to happen. And I know Alex Kingston would love to do it. Uh, Chris, yeah, I know you're listening. Please give that to us, please. Because just on a story level, I think that would be amazing. And also, I think Alex Kingston and Jodie Whittaker's chemistry together would be fucking incredible. Yeah, okay, bring on the sexual byplay then. I'm all for it. The Mary Sue had a great picture of Alex Kingston and Jodie Whittaker together. Really? And and Jodie was in her Doctor Who outfit. So I don't know what, but it was just this nice selfie they took together. It's just like... (gasps) Where they're both looking at the camera and big old smiles on their face. And it's like, do you know something we don't know? Yeah, she could. She, oh. she might have just been visiting the set. Or they could have she just may been, have been just visiting. They or they, they were in a Comic-Con. Exactly. Or, but I, I, I don't. I just I, I, I would love to see it happen. But I don't think it's going to happen. But dear God, I would love to see that happen. Time and I would like this. to see it happen with the uh, bus, the Graham. You'd like to, to see, see what, what he thinks of it. Yeah. Oh, the meetings of River Song and and Jody like you guys know each other like that. And then and then he hears we're married. And that would have been awesome. Yeah, it, it would. It it seems like it. He seems like a decent guy. It would like take him a moment to process it. It would take him a moment, but well, it would now, be hang nice on to a see. second. If you remember in um in in Ghost Monument, he made the comment about how uh, the, the the rickshaw people got rid of his wife, and the chick said mine too, and he didn't have any. He was just kind of like, okay, and I mean, they did not make that a moment there. That's why I think he wouldn't he wouldn't have a problem with it because he didn't react to that. 
Right, right, right. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were saying he would. My apologies. No, no, no. I, I feel like he, because he, he's an old guy, and like, like he, but he's, he's picking up on things pretty fast for an old guy. There are even some fastballs at him, but I just, they, I don't think they would play it for comedy. Like, what? How could you possibly? What? No. That doesn't work. The no, plumbing. I mean, it, yeah. it would be just sort of like a, oh, not surprised. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in space. I've seen lesbians before. Let's concentrate on the weird planet. <laughs> I've watched pornography. I'm more interested in the spaceship coming towards me. Oh, and one final thing before 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 we before we move on to a slightly less entertaining piece of fiction. Um people, writers, directors, especially directors of science fiction, can we please, 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 sweet prom, fuck, stop the Prometheus school of running away from things. It's not interesting. It, it's it. not dangerous. It looks stupid. What do you mean by the Prometheus school of running away from things? In 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 um, Ghost Monument, when the ship is crashing and everyone's running straight for, running in a straight line directly in the line that the ship is going, instead of going off and like veering away from where the way a ship is landing, Prometheus did the exact same thing. Well, yeah, but There's that's a, that's they've been doing that forever. I know, but most people made jokes about it in Prometheus. That's why we're calling it the Prometheus School of Running Away from Things. Oh, that was the least of Prometheus's sins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, and by the way, folks, just so you know, yes, Mrs. C will be joining us for a bi-weekly Who Roundup. We're, since it's a whole new thing and since Firefly died the way uh, a very horrible, violent death, we're going to talk Doctor Who now. Some veteran listeners may remember that we were doing, uh, we were rewatching Firefly and we were talking about uh, like two episodes at a time. Uh, and then we just abruptly stopped with no explanation because that's how Fox did it. <laughs> we wanted to really recreate the experience of watching Firefly with all of its uh, frustration. So that means five years from now, we'll pick it back up again. Exactly. For just one epic podcast. And one of us will, will die. <laughs> I am the leaf on the wind. Uh, it's probably going to be me because I'm, 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 I'm the leaf on the wind. I'm, I'm the funny, likable one. Says who? Okay. <laughs> You're funny, but likable? <laughs> Maybe oh. just me. <laughs> then what am I? If he's the funny one and you're the likable one, what am I? Oh, okay. I accept that. <laughs> So, Mrs. C, we will see you again after the next two episodes air. And oh, and by the way, are we are we or are we not excited for a historical episode again? No. Uh I'm 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 open to it. Meh. Not a fan of the historicals? Not really. Understood. Understood. I I don't care either way. I'm kind of a let's see how they do it. Uh, and to be fair, you know, one of my absolute favorite episodes of Doctor Who, New Who ever, is a historical one, Vincent and the Doctor. So That is a good one. They, yes. they, they uh, can do it right. And they can fuck it up, too. Yeah, very true. But not really historical, but it's Mummy on the Orient Express. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like it because it's, you know, some, oh, we're on the Orient Express and let's dress and it's like a. It's like a convention thing, and then they all start dying. 
Although I really which which you like really want to have happen after you've been at a convention for a few hours. If only, if only they'd exactly. all stop. Although I really did not. I don't think Capaldi rocked the mustache the same way that Kenneth Branagh did. Mustache. Kenneth Branagh was was rocking three mustaches. I I rewatched a little bit of that on cable. He has he has mustaches and his mustaches have mustaches. They're like out past his ears. It looks like <laughs> his mustaches are signaling desperately for help from a passing helicopter. Because they're having to deal with Johnny Depp. Apparently, everyone now has turned against Johnny Depp. But that was one of the first ones. They hate him in uh, uh, the new Wizarding World. Oh, that thing. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, why is Johnny Depp ruining everything? That's what he does. I was going to say, let's talk Lone Ranger, shall we? Oh, it's that was on cable, too. I watched a little bit of it. Just enough to it's see. It's so bad. Ugh. Oh, and they just the camera just sits there and lets him do his shtick. And well, basically, it's Johnny Depp doing Jack Sparrow as a Native American, and it's really. <laughs> I that's... think that sentence alone just caused a wormhole. <laughs> yeah, because what you just described is not a movie. It is at best a mediocre Saturday Night Live sketch, and at worst, one of the nine circles of hell. No, at worst, a movie based on a mediocre Saturday Night Live sketch. So it's it's Pat. It's Pat. John exactly. Was, it's Pat. Or the nightclubbing guys. Oh God! Uh, Night at the Rocks. Yeah, okay. Night at the Rocks. All right, we've wandered far afield here. As has as has the doctor over his her <laughs> career. So it's perfect. It brings it all full circle. Anyway, thanks, Mary. Thanks for coming and joining us and talking about it and sharing your thoughts and telling everyone how unlikable I am. Uh, <laughs> give her a hand, folks. Totally unlikable. I'm just saying, you're not the likable. You're partially unlikable. (laughs) You're not not Alan Tudyk. You're not making it better. I'm not saying you're totally unlikable. I'm no. I'm saying you're not Alan Tudyk. And we'll be right back. And welcome back. We are going to talk a little bit about a film that's in the theaters. We don't have the new movie crew because nobody but Jeff and I seem to give a crap. And it's a film that has occasioned much discussion between the givers of and the non-takers of crap. So we're going to... We're going to find out now how we feel. We're going to discuss Venom and see if one of us is pro-Venom and if one of us is anti-Venom. By the way, the anti-Venom joke works both if you are a comic book fan and a herpetologist. <laughs> Hoipies. Hoipies. So now, and before we get into the pro or anti, uh, let us not forget that the movie's making boffo box office, to uh, quote an old 50s term. It's doing really well. It is. It is. So there are clearly lots of uh, pro-Venom people. The anti-Venom people are expressing themselves online. Wait, wait. There's anti-shit happening online? No. I know. It's, it's so out of character. I was of two minds about going to see it, but then I pretty much about am about everything nowadays. I, I approach everything with ambivalence, if not out-and-out psychosis. And this was a good movie for that, considering it's basically a uh, buddy comedy about bipolar disorder, 
or or as Jeff put it to me, the best gay themed romantic comedy in years. <laughs> I saw it before Scott, and that was actually the way I described it to Scott before he went into it. And so I, I, I have to ask you, while you were watching the film, what did that did that help, or did that um, taint your your quote unquote enjoyment of the film? Oh, it didn't taint it at all. It only it only enhanced it. I mean, uh, first of all. I, uh, you know, despite uh, being a, a, a cisgendered uh, heterosexual man, I, I do enjoy a good rom-com. I think a lot of the, the great uh, classics of the golden age of Hollywood came out of that, uh, the, the screwball comedy, and it was mm-hmm. essentially a rom-com. Uh, you know, I hope it comes back. It's It's been fallow for a while, and people were saying, hey, well, maybe Crazy Rich Asians will bring it back. Well, you know what? Maybe Venom might have something to say about it, because uh, certainly it's doing... As well at the box office as Crazy Rich Asians did. And they have set up a sequel, which, should I say the name? What we're doing? Yes, go ahead. I mean, it's been out for a while, so full spoilers here. All All right. right. It's us. Full spoilers. If you get Woody Harrelson in a flame red Harpo Marx fright wig and that that chicken fried accent and those rolling eyes in the same frame with Tom Hardy, really all they can do is fuck. (laughs) <laughs> because they can't neither one of them are going to be able to take the acting any further uh now yeah that's very true now, because now, he, here's ahead. here's what sums it up for me as far as tom hardy's performance there there's a scene in the middle of the film where he bursts into a restaurant uh, oh that's where his ex-girlfriend <laughs> is dining it, it's a high-end seafood restaurant and michelle williams is dining with her her surgeon boyfriend and tom hardy comes reeling in and he's babbling nonsense, and he's sweaty and greasy and and wild-eyed and incoherent and unintelligible, so that you know that he's desperately sick. Unfortunately, that's how he's been through the whole film. So the only, the only thing he did that was at all different was he got into a tank of lobsters like it was a bathtub, which actually, I, the one time you see him smile... Is when he gets into that tank of lobster. That's true. That is very true. I'm going like, did now, one of did one of them just pinch his winky? What the hell's going on? Before that's why he smiled. Before we get into the in, in the more intricacies of Tom Hardy, I've got to say, I fucking hated the first third of this movie. Oh, did you really? I thought it was boring as hell. I didn't care. I thought I love Riz Ahmed. I loved him in Rogue One, but um, his villain is useless. I don't blame him. I blame the writing. Well, here's the problem with that. He's had time to get it right. This is the second time he pl- he's played a Steve Jobs-esque Elon Muskian tech billionaire. He, he, he basically played this same character absent the aliens in Jason Bourne. Oh, you know. Oh, that's right. I forgot he was in that. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! You're right. Oh shit! But no, I, 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 apart from that opening, which was very kind of very '80s, late '80s, early '90s horror, mm-hmm. I was just kind of bored. Uh, uh, it starts, you know, the, the beginning starts out as very, like I said, like a '90s horror film. The only thing that actually kept me going through that first third of the film was Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. I was enjoying his little. The little the, the quirks, whatever, well, or lack, they all quirk that was Eddie Brock in, in in the beginning. 
I like Tom Hardy as a performer. I think he's very engaging. Like I said, uh, I, I saw it. I saw it um, with the Limey, and we both almost fell asleep in the beginning. Really? Okay. I was bored, senseless, except for Tom Hardy, and and I. Actually, I will rephrase that. I also like Michelle Williams. I didn't think I was going to like Michelle Williams' character, but by the end of it, she grew on me. I hope she's in the sequel. I do, too. I, I felt... They actually gave her something. I thought she was going to be a throwaway character, but by the end of the film, they actually gave her stuff to do. Finally, yeah. I was thinking, why are you wasting Michelle Williams on this girlfriend role, especially when she's not even the girlfriend? She They, they right. break up. And, yeah, by the end of it, she got some things to do, but they were... They were stupid things. I mean, they were okay. They were fine. I mean, the movie itself is kind of stupid. So doing stupid things is entirely in keeping with the with the tone. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, we, look, look, just blanket statement here. This is not a good film. Not by any way, shape, or form. It's edited through a blender. It's obvious this is going to be an R-rated film when they cut it for the PG-13. Yeah, that bugged me. Um, Tom Hardy himself said his favorite stuff was cut. I turned against the movie a little bit. The first time you see, i.e. don't see, Venom bites someone's head off because you don't see it. And the only way you know it happened is because Tom Hardy says, you bit that guy's head off. I'm like, really? This is like from the era of primitive special effects where, oh, we can't afford to show that or we don't know how to show that. So let's just have someone, you know, point off screen. Look, Gamera, it's... (laughs) <laughs> that really that really annoyed me and it could have been it, it was it teased me because after he said you bit that guy's head off he goes yeah let's bite all their heads off pile up the bodies here and pile up the heads over here and he goes why would you want to do that and, and phantom's response is what pile of bodies pile of heads it's, it's like who doesn't like that Exactly. I mean, but like I said, it's 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 very poorly edited. I mean, the writing is not great. <laughs> no, really there's a lot it. of lines. There's a lot of lines that comedy between people, the banter between he and his girlfriend, the scenes between he and uh, her doctor boyfriend. None of that really works. None of the comedy lands. It's very quiet. But people loved the jokes, and he loved the banter between. Uh, Eddie and Venom. And here's the thing I did too. I, yeah, when those two made that freaking movie, that took it to a whole nother level. I mean, Hardy, his physical, his physicality in the film. I mean, he's, he's doing physically. That was a pretty fearless performance. It's been a while since we've seen that type of physical, physical comedy for lack of a better word, you know, um, on on film. I mean, he, he, he goes balls out with this character and, um, it works. And like I said, their, their, his and Venom's relationship. What's funny is there is actually some growth to it. Mm -hmm. There is some character growth with Venom even as well. And I love, I know some people, the thing that made me laugh is there's a moment in the film where once Venom decides to be quote unquote, become the hero and he's like, well, why do you want to save the planet? And Venom says for you. And people are like, there's no explanation. What does that mean? And my response is he loves Eddie. There's the romance right there. That's the only explanation you need. I like you, so I'm going to save your planet. Right. The, the implication, they, they talk a little bit more. The implication is, if my kind invade, then your kind will die off. And that means you too. And I like you, Eddie. There's a great, there's a great payoff to a joke. 
that is that every once in a while this movie punches way above its weight. Yes, and I'll just give away one of them because uh, that's the kind of asshole I am. Riz Ahmed's mercenaries are are trying to capture Eddie because he's got the symbiote in him, and there's a big motorcycle chase, and there's cars, and there's gunfire, and he winds up getting smashed to pieces, but the symbiote knits him back together, and then they swim across the bay. And the symbiote saying, well, this is the way it's going to go. I'm going to be in charge because you're a loser. And you know that's not how it's going to go. And then later on, when the symbiote changes and decides not to cooperate with the other symbiotes in bringing in an invasion force, he goes, why are you doing this? And, and this is after he said for you. And I, I thought that wasn't good, a good enough reason. I mean, it was touching, but it wasn't good enough. And he says, right. he says well, on my world... I'm kind of a loser. Yep. And I thought, okay, that was funny. And it was kind of heartfelt. And it tied into something that happened earlier in the film, which given the editing of this, uh, you didn't get a lot of. So no, not in any way, shape or form. <laughs> so yay for that. My, and my, my absolute favorite moment in the entire film. I just, I adored this because I know that the, I, I genuinely, the way, and it's a Michelle Williams line. Um, the way she delivers this line, this is not her being snarky. I truly believe this. After, again, full spoilers because it's us, you know, um, Eddie loses the symbiote and um, he gets it back through Michelle Williams who gets the symbiote. And I'm like, I want to hear that discussion. I wanted to see how the symbiote got into Michelle, got into Michelle Williams. Did he just jump into her? Did she allow it? That I'm like, that's a story I was interested in. But he gets the symbiote back through a kiss. Mm. And then Michelle Williams has the line, he suggested it. Yeah, it was, it was your buddy's idea, she says. And that I honestly don't think that was her being snarky. The way she delivers that line seemed like that was like, yeah, Venom really did suggest that. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, Venom loves Eddie. Venom and Eddie sitting in a tree. That makes it much more interesting. Like, do you remember a, sh a movie called The Hidden? I fucking love that film. It is a an unappreciated unjustifiably obscure gem of a low-budget mid-90s horror movie. I've loved it. I saw it when it came out, dude. Me I was, too. I, I, yeah. And it's a sort of similar device with a kind of a slimy, slimy alien from, uh, from another world trying to save Earth. There was romance in that. This, this was different. This is sort of masturbatory. Yes. This, this could lead to just hours and hours of serious chafing. Just I don't know if that's how they, if that's what they were going for. But honestly, this movie is such a mess tonally and everything else. I don't know if any, I don't know what they were going for at all with this movie. But once again, since the movie, once the film's released, it's ours. I choose to look at it that way because that makes it much more interesting to me. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it helps the movie. And there's some movies that are so bad and Mary will do this. She'll go, well, well, maybe this or maybe they were trying to say that or what. And I, and I will say, stop helping this movie that yes, that makes it better, but that's nowhere in this movie. Don't help it. It doesn't deserve it. Uh, this movie actually, as, as much as it's not good, there are lots of things in it. I just loved. And that's the thing. It's fun. This is actually, this is the truest definition of a good, bad film. I think I've seen in years. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't unlike you. I wasn't bored. Okay. Uh, there were, there were a few moments early on, where they turn over the, the screen to Riz Ahmed and he gives, he gives a speech so you know that he thinks of himself as God. 
And there's you know thing. he's the bad guy the first time you effing see him. Right. The only so thing he didn't have was a mustache exactly. to twirl. Exactly. So you don't need this scene where they bring in a homeless guy and they try to see if they can bond it with the symbiote. And he tells the story of Isaac and Abraham and God. But I'm not that kind of God, he says in so many words. Yeah, all like, I'm going to say is I fucking hated that scene. Yeah, and it goes on forever. <laughs> so at that point, I was bored and I was angry. I Understood. was I was turning against the movie. Fortunately, it didn't last. The one thing that I actually liked in the beginning was I was very, very happy with the fact that Michelle Williams, when Eddie says to Eddie, no, your life's fucked up because of you. Yeah. I genuinely was not expecting that for some reason. It was nice to actually hear, just take responsibility for your own actions. And it was nice to hear that in this type of movie. It was. And she had every reason to dump him it wasn't it wasn't manufactured it wasn't a misunderstanding he did something nope. terrible with awful yep. consequences uh yep. and i can't decide if i want to give the movie credit for this or or if it's just they couldn't think even think of a, a bullshit rationale he could give her but he never tries to excuse what he did and that becomes a, another nice plot point later where she's she's taking him to the hospital and venom is talking to him and venom saying you never apologized you know we might you might die. You should you should take this opportunity. And it's like he's getting the Cyrano de Bergerac treatment yep. from this alien <clears throat> slime monster inside him, uh, which was fun and cute. And and there was no sense at all. You know, it's like he's still into her, and she's clearly moved on. But yep. uh, she also clearly still has feelings for him. It's just it wasn't it wasn't one of those. It, there was no will they won't they. And one of the 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 things that made me relieved about it because. When I saw that's where the, the way the plot was going, I go, oh, man, I don't want to see this story again. I don't want to see them get back together. I don't want to see her hooked up with some guy that's clearly not as good as our our uh, hero who did a horrible thing and ruined her career. Her boyfriend, the doctor, is like a nice guy, not stupid, <clears throat> not self-absorbed, mm-hmm. not 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 a preening dumbass. Uh, he's actually helpful and and figures and has things to do in the movie that are useful and uh that was one of the things i liked about that was one where it's like oh let's not go down the same path i was like i said i mean i walked out of that movie going this was not good but i had a good time exactly it's it's not a it's not a good movie but like a lot of bad movies it's a good time yeah, yeah, and the, and the one, the one th- uh, final thing that I will say that I actually really did like, I also agree with you that I like the fact that they didn't get back together. Right, they left it open that, at the that end. That was but... not, they, they could have gone that way, and they didn't. That made me very happy. But the other thing, the other thing that, 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 uh, that I, I liked, <sighs> I think I had to phrase this. Um, oh, that's what I was going to say. Just as far as like scenics goes, I actually did like the scene where Venom takes down the SWAT team. Mm-hmm. There, should, there could have been a little more gore, but that was the one action scene where I'm like, okay, this is working. This is working. Now, my hope is if they do get the sequel, considering how much the movie's made, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they're going to. I hope I kind of hope they pick a tone, but I kind of hope they keep the varied tone, just write it better. 
Right. I, I really like the the scatter shot. To- I enjoyed the scatter shot tone. It co- constantly kept me on my toes. Like, where is this going? What's happening now? If they can do that and have a better crafted story, oh my god, the, the Venom sequel could be like the Empire Strikes Back to Star Wars. <laughs> Let's face it, Star Wars fun film, not really a good film. I would dispute that. Uh, I, that's, we can have that argument later. I, I have it as much as I love it, and you know how much I love it. Mm-hmm. I do have issues with the film. But um, Empire Strikes Back, I think, is a damn near perfect film. The and I know they theory. won't do it, but I really want the sequel to be R. Like you said, felt like an, like a, a, an emasculated R-rated film. It felt like that's where they were going, and then they got the word no. No, you, you got to pull it back. Clearly, they, it didn't happen in shooting because the way, as you say, the way it's edited, it's a little confusing. I'm sure there is an R-rated cut. And the studio said, nah, we're not going to make our money back if we release this. Just the fact that he's wiping out this SWAT team. When you look at the movie making demographic, young people generally don't mind seeing cops get uh, get a beat down for a change. Right. Like if this had been made 10 years earlier, this like, oh, you couldn't do that. You, you know, right. he, he can't kill cops. And Eddie even says, oh, we don't fight cops. But he says it like after he's pretty much killed all the cops. So right. that to me suggests that this was for an, it was an R-rated audience that they had in mind when they're making it. So, yeah, I, I, I think there's almost no hope for an R-rated sequel, frankly, no. No. because they've made a quarter billion dollars foreign and domestic right now. And it's only been out a couple of weeks uh, with a PG-13 cut. So that vindicated whoever brought the scissors to the party. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, and before this becomes a full episode of the show, <laughs> I'm going to say we're stopping right here. We want a bite size. We want to give them an amuse-bouche, not a three-course meal. Right. Because uh, after seeing Eddie come in, sit his skanky ass down in a tank of live lobsters, I am. I haven't really been hungry since. <laughs> so, uh, oh, Scott, this has been fun. Please tell Mrs. C. I cannot wait to talk more. Who this? That is also going to be entertaining. Oh yeah. Well, she'll hear it. She'll hear it herself. Of course she will. And we will see you soon with a full-blown new episode. Thank you.